Thank you. Thank you. Is it okay if I move this pulpit a little bit closer here? How's that? Okay. Great, great. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, thank you for the word that you just spoke before, you know, about boldness. And I feel God really wants us to be bold in everything that we do, especially if we are going to live for his kingdom and live for his name. Uh, being from Africa, uh, you probably might have seen or heard about an animal known as a lion, right? It's pretty big. And in Africa, we've got the big five, and the lion is part of that. Now, it's called the king of the jungle. But if you think about it, it is not the biggest out there in the bush. Mr. Elephant is there. It's not the fastest. The cheetah can dispute that. But there is something about the lion. When it comes to hunting, yeah, they've got a good strategy, but ask the whales under the water. They'll tell you that we've got a pretty mean and phenomenal hunting strategy. But what makes the lion stand out like that? Kevin, it's bold. The lion has got the guts to take up an animal twice its size. It even goes after the fastest prey. It's a bold animal. I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible tells me that the king that I save is also known as the Lion of Judah. And not only that, he's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And this evening, he is residing in your heart. So the boldness that we're talking about here is not a boldness that you go out and pay for. It's a boldness that is already resident in you. Paul writes to Timothy and says, Oh, Timothy, how I wish you fan into flames the gift that is in you. Church, Junction 10. Oh, how I wish the boldness that is already in you might just come out and you start doing things with God, for God, in Warsaw and around. Amen. It's good to be here. It's good to come and share with you guys this evening. I'd like to thank the leadership for the church for allowing me to stand in front of you. And Kevin, you said it right. I am from many miles away. I left Zimbabwe on a Monday at 12 noon. I arrived in Manchester on Tuesday at 12 noon. Long flight, but worth it. And leaving Zimbabwe was not an easy decision to make. Zimbabwe is home for me. I'm born and bred in Zimbabwe. I have family there. I went to school there. I have relationships there. Zimbabwe kind of like defines me. And in a way, it had become a comfort zone for me. I felt secure. I felt cozy because it was home. And coming to England, first time in Europe, by the way, it, it required some level of boldness, I think. Yeah? To make the step and come in. But I'm glad I'm here. And I'm glad I've already been making and bonding with you guys. Here. You guys are perfect people. And today I would like to share with you on a subject that I've entitled Step Out. And the text that we have is from the book of Matthew, 
chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. If you've got your Bibles, you can gladly turn to it this evening. Now, we all have comfort zones. We all have them. And comfort zones are simply those invisible barriers that make us feel so secure and cozy. They give us a sense of security. And comfort zones develop when you have done the same things over and over and over again over a certain period of time. You have it all figured out. It becomes routine to you. It be, it's, we call it a rat of a life. It's predictable. That's how you develop comfort zones. And, and we were chatting with, with Rachel and Adam. And human beings are such creatures of habit. We fall into that so easily without even noticing it. We get into that. Comfort zones. And they're not all bad. They're not so bad. I mean, there's healthy security in a loving home. That's a comfort zone. There's healthy security in an enjoyable career. Comfort zone. There's a healthy security find found in a good church. Junction 10. It can be a comfort zone. But there's a different kind of security found in a prison. My word, it's different. In prison, the inmates, they can't make decisions for themselves. They don't decide what to eat. And they don't have to worry about paying bills, insurance, or any of those things. But they are robbed of that part of their life to think for themselves and make their own decisions. It might be comfortable for them in there, but it's really not the place, place to be in. Back in 2006, there was a report about a man, Vasseven in Austria, and it's a, a, the setting is a it's, a, it's a prison, and there's commotion, the sirens are wailing, and the police are running all over the place, only to find on the roof there's a guy who's actually trying to break into the prison. How crazy is that? So earlier on, the man had been released. He had saved his time. It was time for him to go, and when he went out, he got out there and realized that there was no place for him on the outside world. And so he decides to go back to his comfort zone. He decides to go back into jail. And when they caught him, they asked, what's up? And he says, I like it here. This has become home to me. See, so the danger of comfort zones is it will blind you into seeing the truth of things. You will not see things for what they truly are. A man really thought prison was freedom when he actually had the opportunity and the chance to walk free in the streets. He felt it wasn't for him. Comfort zones are good, but watch out for them. A crab. I'm sure we all know a crab, right? A crab is one of the, it's, it's also a phenomenal creature. Now, I want to share something with you about the crab. When a crab is growing, its life is marked by going through successive shells. That's how it grows. And there come a time 
where a crab goes under the process known as molting. And basically, it's, it's a crab breaking out of its shell and beginning a process of forming a new shell. And while it is between those two stages, it is when the crab actually grows. So, as long as it dares to break out of its shell, it grows. But the unfortunate thing is that when it stops to break out, it ceases to grow. And when it ceases to grow, it dies. And that last shell that is on the crab's back becomes its coffin. Now this evening, I don't know which comfort zone that is that you're living in. But look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Could there be a chance that it could actually become your spiritual coffin? We switch over to Matthew. The story is taking place around about Galilee. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind seized, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Earlier on, Jesus has just fed the 5,000, and we switch back again, rewind again, and Jesus gets news that John the Baptist has been killed. Now remember, John the Baptist and Jesus were kind of related. They were kind of cousins. So Jesus decides, I think, to take some time out because he's been ministering. And he decides to go to a place by himself. I think to give. And so while he's going there, the word of God says that Jesus turned and saw that the people had actually followed him. And the word says that Jesus looked upon the crowd and he had compassion over them. And so he starts ministering to the crowd and then performs the miraculous feeding of the 5,000. And just at the end of the feeding, Jesus instructs his disciples, Peter, John, and all the other guys, I need you guys to go. We'll meet on the other side. I am going to take time out. I'm going to go on the mountain to pray. So the disciples get on the boat and they're on their way to the other side. Jesus proceeds on top of the mountain. And that's where we pick up our story. Jesus has just finished praying. It's coming down. Now, I'm going to give you three principles that will kind of help you to break out of your comfort zones. Is that okay? Yeah? So, the first thing that we need to do for us to break out of our comfort zones is we need to do something 
that makes us feel uncomfortable. Principle number one, if you ever want to do something, then you probably need to feel discomfort in it if it's going to be meaningful and lasting. If we ever want to receive some, some things that we never had before, we've got to be willing to do certain things that we've never done before. Most of the time, God places his blessings outside our comfort zones, and then he tells us to come get them. Look at Peter. He was in the boat, in the comfort and the security of the boat, though it was stormy. But the boat offered him a better sense of security than being out there in the open sea. Now, Peter had never walked on water before, probably never even thought about it. But for him to actually go down in history as a man that walked on water, he had to get out of the boat and walk on water. There's a crippled man we read about in Mark chapter 20. He's been lying on the, sea on the, he's been lying on the pool of Bethsaida for a long time. And so Jesus gets to him and he asks him, do you want to be well? And he goes, ah, oh, I want to be well. But all the time, the angel comes downstairs the waters. I have no one to pick me up and throw me into the pool to get healed. And Jesus only says to him, take up your net, get up and walk. If you ever want to have something that you've never had before, do something that you haven't done before. The man had always been whining on the net. He had never taken time to actually attempt to get up and walk. Jesus places the blessing, the healing, but he instructs the man, you can get it only if you pick up your mat, get up. That's when you walk. And the man did likewise, and he received his blessing. Abraham, without any child, living in his home country, comfortable there, God comes to him, Abraham, I want to take you to a place unknown. And you are going to receive something that you've never had before. I'm going to make your sons as many as the sand on the seashore. Abraham, I believe, had never left before in faith, but he decided to make that step. Jesus had a conversation with a rich young man. And the man comes to Jesus and says, how can I get a piece of this cake? Jesus says, simple, follow all my commandments. And the young man says, I've done all of them. I've kept them all. Jesus says to him, I see a comfort zone in you, your possessions. For you to receive the kingdom of God, I need you to do something that you've probably never thought of doing. I need you to give out your possessions. Comfort zone. And look, the rich young man looked at it and decided, I'm not going to part. I'm comfortable with my riches, with my possessions. I'd rather let the kingdom go. Ladies and gentlemen, saints, the call for us is to be bold enough to identify our comfort zones and step out of them to receive God's blessings. 
Another principle that I would like to share with you is we break through our comfort zones by refusing to listen to our fears. Refuse to listen to your fears. We all have fears. There are different types of fears that we go through as people. And these fears are in our faces each and every day. The first fear that you probably need to identify for you to break out is the fear of criticism. The fear of criticism asks that, what if I get out of the boat? What will the other people think of me? What will they look at me and what will they, when they look at me, what, what will they say about me? The other fear that we go through in our lives as you're about to step out is the fear of failure. What if I step out of the boat and I do not walk on the water? What if I fail at this? And the last fear that we go through when we're about to break out is the fear of the unknown. Now, as humans, we are used to wanting to get into things, knowing what's up, knowing what's there for us. And so, when you have the fear of the unknown, you probably wonder what is going to happen to me if I step out of the boat. 2nd July 1982, the press reported of a man known as Larry Waters. Walters. Now, Larry <laughs> decided on one boring Californian morning, he gets out of his house with a case of beer, a CRB radio, a pellet gun, a life jacket, and a parachute. And he sits on his lawn chair. Now, there's something special about this lawn chair that Larry has. On the lawn chair, he's tied up 40, about 40, 45 large helium weather balloons. And then he begins to ascend. And he ascends to more than 15,000 feet. Now, while he's in the air on his lawn chair, uh, he gets into uh, Los, Angeles, Los Angeles flight path. And so one, so, so one pilot from Delta Airways sees a man on a lawn chair at 15,000 feet. And so he radios the tower and tells them, I just passed a man on a lawn chair at 15,000 feet. And so down there, the police scramble and everybody rushes. And after 45 minutes, Larry manages to come down. And while he's descending, he's just popping the balloons with his pellet gun. And we can see him there on the other side when he was on the ground. He did get arrested for that, you know. But I like one thing about that. He was bold enough to do that. He was bold enough to step out. And when he got on the ground, when he landed, he said that, before this, my family thought I was crazy, but now they want me to write a book about it. It's amazing how much you can do when you decide to step out of your comfort zone. Fear of failure, we all have it. But ask Henry Ford, who went bankrupt more than five times. How many times did Michael Jordan, a great sportsman that we've all come to, how many times did he want to quit? How many times when he was playing basketball in high school and he was told he's got no talent for bas basketball, in, 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 he doesn't have any chance in playing basketball. But all these people, they never let 
fears of failure. Thomas Edison, we know them. How many times they fell? But they, steeped, they, but they kept going at it. Failure is not anything that stops us when we are breaking out. Look at that bold lion. Sometimes it goes after a prey, doesn't catch it. But the next morning, it's on the hunting field again. The word of God says that a righteous man falls seven times, but the eighth time he's on his feet. So it doesn't matter how much times you've messed up. It doesn't matter how, how many times people have said it to your face. What matters the most is that you are bold in yourself. And you've got everything you need to get back up on your feet. My word, my Bible tells me that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. And that even includes some of the voices around us and what they're speaking to us. Amen. I also know of a story of an English lady known as jo Joanne Arbery. She died at 70 years. But at 35 years, she was meant to get married. And so she dresses up in a gown and everything. It's all beautiful. And then she goes on the altar waiting for, for a groom to come. But his fiance never shows up for the wedding. He never shows up for the wedding. And the lady is heartbroken, totally devastated. And she goes back to her house, but she doesn't get into the house. She decides to settle. She decides to settle in a garden. And so for the next 35 years of her life, she lives in a comfort zone, in a garden, uh, wanting to escape the emotional pain that is attached in the house. She let 35 years of her life pass by because she didn't want to get over a simple mistake made by someone. But I, be I believe that when she was seated in the garden, she felt as if that was heaven for her. But people, the neighbors, they obviously looked at it in another way. Sometimes your comfort zone may seem good for you, but for those that are on the outside, we can actually tell that it's a prison for you. So this evening, my encouragement for you is be introspective about it. What is it that is in your life that has become a comfort zone for you? What is it that you don't want to change? See, the only people that like change in this world are babies in dirty diapers. Amen? They but even when you're changing them, they're crying and they're wailing. If you're a person, if especially if you belong to the body of Christ, change is the order of the day. Because we are continually being transformed into the image of our perfect Savior. And that requires stripping away some stuff, pruning. So in which area is God telling you to step out of? Is it always business as usual for you? Because God says, I have so much more for you on the outside. An African impala, in closing, an African impala has got great abilities. That animal can jump more than 10 feet. And when it leaps, it can leap over 30 feet. Amazing abilities. But these animals are safely kept in zoos. 
with walls that are just three feet. See, the thing about an African impala is that it will never jump out without knowing where its feet are going to land. With an amazing ability to jump more than 10 feet, it is only secured in a three feet with, with a three-feet wall. Fear is the unknown. What lies on the other side? May that never be said about you. The life that we live as Christians is a life of faith. God requires us each and every day to take steps of faith. You wake up in the morning. It's not business as usual. You wake up with steps of faith. Because God directs our steps each and every morning and time we are with him. So it's okay to do something that seemingly to the human, to the human mind to not line up. It's okay to do crazy things. But the important thing, just like Peter, whenever you step out of your comfort zone, make sure that you have heard a word from God. Peter didn't just jump into the water. He waited from the word of Jesus, come. And upon that word, I believe that Peter walked on it. So when you're breaking out of your comfort zone, saints, make sure God has spoken something. Amen. Praise God. Thank you.